Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. I'm Johnny Bunnell and I'm joined by Steve Nicholson and Chris Watson. Chaps, it feels like it's uh, it's been a while since the, the three of us did one of these. Um, Steve, you're obviously absent from our last podcast, and I hope yeah, that you had yeah. a lovely birthday. I do have a lovely birthday, yeah, and it was it was very useful actually. The podcast, yeah, I started listening to it before I went to bed, and uh, and, and, I soon, <laughs> and I soon dropped off. Oh, so, I thought you were going to say it reminded you that it was your birthday. <laughs> so it was very nice of you to send me birthday wishes, yes. But as I say, it was it was it was better than a, a cup of cocoa actually. That's how night for me. So uh, yeah, glad to be back. That's a shocking comment to make. <laughs> How stick it, stick around, there might be others. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. How are we chaps anyway? Good weekend? Uh, yes. Uh, good to have a home game uh, after a long trip to uh, to Millwall on Tuesday mm. night and uh, the transfer deadline day that followed on Wednesday, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. Uh, but the two days together were, were really hectic, mm. really long days, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about that that Brentford game then on Saturday. A nice, easy home game for you. And, uh, well, on the face of it, what looked like a nice, easy home win for, for Derby County. Another 3-0 win. I think that's... Uh, I was talking to Gary Rowett about it after the game. I think that's five now in the last 13 league games that won by a 3-0 scoreline, which is very impressive. Uh, for 20 minutes, it was, it was nip and tuck, to be fair. I thought Brentford had probably edged the opening 20 minutes. Uh, and then came the red card, mm. uh, and and that obviously was a pivotal moment. It did change the game. Uh, I thought uh, before then, as I say, it would have been fascinating to see how the game unfolded because it could have turned into a very interesting game. But fair play to Derby, you know, uh, Brentford went down to ten men. We've seen teams struggle before. Uh, we've seen teams labour against ten men and, and not not be able to handle it too too well. But Derby t- got two quick-fire goals, and once those went in there, uh, as a contest, really, it was over. So it, it's sad, really, in a way, because I thought I thought the red card spoiled spoiled the game. But but uh, when you're going for a promotion as Derby are, you take the decisions that go your way, and uh, you take the points. Well, well, we'll come straight to that big talking point. I mean, obviously, there was a lot said in, in the aftermath of the game. But from your two perspective, was it a red card? Uh, I don't want to sound like Arsene Wenger here, but but I do. I don't think we had the best view of it from where we were because Sitting we on the fence. I know exactly. But, but <laughs> we actually saw the back of Marcus Olsen, mm. and of course the challenge came in from the front. So and actually, the re- the television replay was from the same side. Yeah, it so was. Even yeah. Watching that, we didn't really get much of a different perspective. So no, I, I, I thought it was very hard to tell. It, it was very hard to tell, but you know, obviously, it's it split opinion. You know, Dean Smith, the Brentford manager, wasn't happy afterwards and uh, uh, didn't think it was a, a red card. Uh, he also claimed that uh, uh, he felt some of Derby's players helped get his man sent off by rushing up to the referee and all that type of thing. Uh, Gary Rowett, again, he, Gary Rowett didn't think it, didn't see it as overly dangerous challenge, but. The problem is in football now is that there's so many restrictions on tackling in football now that you've got to be really, really careful. Mm-hmm. What I've seen of it, and from the angles I've seen of it, it looked a bit reckless, and he gave the referee, by going in to the challenge as he did, sliding in, all that type of thing, he gave the referee a decision to make. And if you give the referee a decision to make, then you're walking a very fine line. Mm-hmm. I think it was, you know, it was in the centre circle. I don't think he, I don't think he needed... To make that sort of challenge um, at that time, I know it's easy to say with hindsight. Um, but also, I mean, what what struck what struck me was just the fact that Mark Solson, who was on the end of the challenge, went flying about six feet in the air. And I know that shouldn't obviously come into the referee's thinking, but I think the nature of of how he mm. and, and let's be clear, it wasn't a dive. That was just the natural 
way that he went yeah, that he yeah. went up in the air. I think I think that made it certainly made it look perhaps worse than it was. Mm. Um, I think I think yeah I think it was one of those if if it goes for you then, then you take it. But if it goes against you as it did Brentford, you're pretty upset by it. Mm. If there's such a thing as an orange card, maybe there should be actually. Uh, just a thought there. We, can, we can make a list point. of these new rules that, that you're I'm making up. Yeah, to, yeah. yeah. Like would that be a sin bit in like ten minutes? Well, it, well that's, like another, that. that's another argument, isn't yeah. it? You know, it's I mean, I, I just thought a straight red mm. might just have been a touch harsh, but I fully understand why he was sent off. Mm. And then, I mean, there was no doubt that it changed. The, the oh, it was, it was pivotal. Yeah, it, it, it was. I mean, you know. And especially when conceding two quick goals, I think that's the thing. You, you go down to ten men. The first thing you've got to do is regain your shape, mm. make sure you don't do anything daft for ten, fifteen minutes. If it got to half time, everyone starts getting a bit frustrated and a bit edgy, you know. Uh, but they didn't really have that comfort doing that. And Tom Huddleston scored, and then uh, Cameron Jones scored very quickly afterwards. And two 0 down away from home against a team in form like Derby with ten men. There's really no way back. Although I must say, I thought Brentford handled the second half they, very they well. Had a, they had a really good go <clears> in the second half. Um, if they'd have got the next goal, that might have made it a bit nervy. Mm. And they yeah. had a couple of chances. Um, Derby, I think they would have they would have hoped to have seen it out slightly better than they did. Um, although they did get a third goal very late on, but I think. If, They'd have probably have liked to have got that third goal a little bit earlier to give them a bit more breathing. I think there's an important point out of all this, and myself and Chris discussed this. I think during the game, Derby teams of recent seasons are two 0 up at home against ten men might have gone a bit gung ho mm. and been looking for three, four, five goals and left themselves a little vulnerable at times. Gary Routes team won't do that. Mm-hmm. They won't do that, and quite rightly so as well. Two 0 up, points in the bag. Don't do anything daft. Keep your shape. Don't give the opposition any 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 encouragement. And if you get another goal, as she actually did at the end, then the jobs are good and simple as that. Uh, so I was pleased to see that. There's no need to go gung ho from a winning position, especially against ten men. So I think there's a big difference there between a Gary Rowett side and maybe one or two Derby teams we've seen of, of recent seasons. I think what I think what prompted that discussion was a couple of occasions where the fans kind of maybe voiced a bit of frustration mm-hmm. because maybe they thought an attack could have been lodged and it and it was and it ended up with a player perhaps turning back, passing back towards their own goal. But but this is the way that this team plays and Look at the and this is successful. Look at the results successful. they've had, and you can't argue with that. Yeah. I'm afraid. Yeah, they have a they have a mindset and they have a way of picking up points, mm. and it's and it's working a treat at the moment. So you know, it's, it cannot be criticised. Absolutely, and it, it was an afternoon of, of firsts as well. Um, you read my intro there, Johnny. I did. Well, I prepped it online. Yeah, I was going to say you rewrote it actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start with Tom Huddleston because it's been a, a very long time in the making his first goal for Derby County I mean a, a great moment for, for Tom yeah too long you know, I, I often tell him this he should score more goals mm. he, he's got the technique in his locker I don't know why he doesn't take more free kicks actually especially the, the ones where you're not looking to curl the ball and all that but where you're looking to strike the ball with some force I don't know why he doesn't have one or two of those uh, but that, and that's the thing with Tom is, and we laughed in the press box after he scored the, the betting on his first goal would have been a screamer, wouldn't it, from 25, 30 yards. That's how you saw it. But actually, to nick in two yards out, goal poacher, mm. you know, a new role for Tom Huddleston, goal poacher, uh, uh, knock the ball in from two yards. But it was a great moment for him. I think Gary Rout made a good point afterwards. Very popular goal scorer as well. You could see that with the, with the players and the fans. It was, a, it was a lovely moment for him, but you know, really someone with Tom's ability should, should have scored. I was going to say, before that, now. I think mm. that's why... He gets a bit of stick for it because he's such a good player. Mm. I think if he wasn't, then people wouldn't probably wouldn't comment on it as much. Mm, but yeah. but because you see how well he hits the ball, and and he's not you know he will have a shot. He's not scared to have a shot. But the fact that it's taken this long um, um, seems a bit bizarre. But uh, but he can well he's he's done it now. He can stop fielding questions. Mm, yeah, and he also good point to make is he's in good form as well. 
yeah. sort of thing. He's playing really well at the moment. <coughs> uh, there were, and we, we spoke about this in previous podcasts, there were times earlier this season when he was getting some criticism from some fans. Some fans wouldn't have had him in the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he explained in a piece in the Telegraph, I think in December, that he'd been troubled by one or two niggling injuries. Uh, but he had to continue playing because at that time George Thorne was only easing his way back and, and, and they weren't uh, overburdened with central mm-hmm. midfield players. Uh, but, you know, yeah, Tom's a quality player. You, you, just, you don't lose that. He might have one or two off games, but actually he's a quality player and that will shine through. And at the moment, that's shining through. He's, he's controlling matters, he's, he's spraying passes around. Uh, he looks more confident now than he did earlier this season. Again, that's to do probably feeling better physically about himself. Uh, he's a very good player. Mm. Chris, I believe that you spoke to him after the game. Yeah. Um, how was he with obviously sort of breaking that duck? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was obviously delighted, and um, he uh, it was interesting because in the in the radio um, part of his interview, uh, part, part that went out on Radio Derby, he. Um, uh, the interviewer said that they'd had they'd been contacted by someone who said that they'd they'd had a bet on him to score in every game or something. I'm assuming they're talking about this season, but stopped last week. And he just laughed and said, "Well, that's not my fault." <laughs> um, but he also he also said he had a couple of mates who normally come to every game who weren't able to make it, and uh, so he said, um, "You know, I suggested they might maybe they're but maybe they're a bad luck charm. I don't know, but." Um, but no, he, he, you know, he, he sort of he's well aware of this sort of thing about him not scoring, mm. and he knows he should have scored before now, um, and he, he he has a laugh about it. But there is a serious point where where he, he says, "Well, look, you know, I, I should be scoring more goals." Although, also pointing out that in this in this formation that Derby play, he's very much a holding midfielder, and and, and they don't get that much of a license to get forward um, on the the occasion for the goal. Uh, it was from a set piece, and he said he would have normally been on the edge of the area, mm. but because they'd had a man sent off, um, thought why not get in there and, and, uh, and goal hang for yeah. a change. Fox and, in the box. Uh, Fox in the box. Yeah, and he um, and um, it popped up to him, and uh, and he scored from close range. But yeah, he was he was uh, he was really pleased to uh, to get that monkey off his back, so to speak. Mm. It's lovely to see, you know, from my own personal point of view, as, as, as listeners will know it. I've known him for a long, long time. I've known him since he was thirteen. So it's it's, it's lovely to see mm. something like that. You know, I remember him going to him and Lee Holmes and Nathan Doyle getting on the team bus to go to Millwall uh, one season when they were all fifteen, mm. really young. There, they probably thought they were going to Alton Towers, not to a Championship <laughs> away game. You know, and uh, to, to to see it kind of progress and see his career progress as it has, I, I'm, I'm delighted for him because he's, he's he's a lovely lad as well. Yeah, and then. The other man to score his, his first goal on Saturday was Cameron Jerome. Um, Chris and myself spoke about Cameron Jerome on the, the last podcast, obviously, after the Bristol City game. You've seen him, why are you smiling? <laughs> no, I just, I, it just, I thought that was a question where I actually dropped off eventually, but no, go on. It just lost my trail of thought. So, we, yeah, we spoke yes. at, about after the Bristol City game. You've seen him twice since then. Mm. Uh, Millwall and obviously at the weekend uh, first of all sort of what are your first impressions of Jerome? Well it was interesting because both myself and Chris thought he would start this game, it felt it mm. felt the right time, he, he'd made an impact in the previous two games as a substitute Bristol City obviously when he should have had a penalty and Millwall when uh, he, I say he, he, he had one effort and uh, he set he he which for the goal to disallow so he he already made an impact. I, I thought for an hour he's obviously played for sixty odd minutes, sixty three minutes. I thought for an hour it was what exactly what Gary Rowett described it as. It was a, a really good all round display. And when I say all round, he's a striker actually that can offer many different things as far as I can see. You know, he's got the strength obviously, and, and Gary said you can play into him from from distance. And we noticed that early on, didn't we? Uh, you can play that way. You, you can run channels. He's got a bit of pace about him. And, and he has proved in the past he can score goals and it was lovely to see a centre forward six yard out where they should be yeah. uh, knocking the ball into the net I was going to say it was a, it was a proper striker's goal yeah. wasn't it you know following yeah. up from yeah. the save and you're in the right place right time yeah. put it in the back of the net I don't, I don't know if I'm doing a, a disservice but 
didn't strike me as the cleanest of contacts. I, I, no, I don't know. I think he had to readjust his body. Yeah, yeah. I, think, yeah. I think that's a good point, John. He did, he did readjust his body. And also, there was, there was a couple of defenders closer. Mm. Yeah, but he, but there mm. were there were guys on the line. Yeah, and he yeah. managed to obviously yeah. get the ball beyond yeah. them, and that's all. You know, that's mm. all that matters. I, I thought it was, was a really good display, and and, and, and and I would imagine he will start home game against Norwich yeah. at the weekend. There's mm. no, yeah, against his old club. But there's yeah. no reason why why he wouldn't. And and um, yeah, I thought I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was good, and he, he gave Derby sort of exactly what yeah. Gary Rowett said that he would really, and mm. and we didn't you know we did notice there was a couple of different options of kind of out balls if you like, and and if you are under pressure, get the ball up to him, and he'll and he'll hold on to it, and, and, and sort of able to bring others into play, which is promising signs. I think that's what Gary Rowett was looking for, of course, in the window was, and he said it a number of times, something different. And his options now in the centre forward role are Cameron Jerome, what we've just explained, David Nugent, who's got that desire and that hunger to be a menace and, and, and move his movement and, and getting around, and then Sam Winnell, you know, who's a bit mm-hmm. of a goal poacher. Uh, not bad in the air, by the way, Sam Winnell, I've noticed that as well. Uh, so, all different options, and, and that's that's really going to be helpful moving forward. Yeah, really let's mention the other two players then that came in to the, the starting 11 mm-hmm. on Saturday. Uh, Marcus Olsen replaced Craig Forsyth at left back, and uh, a, a very rare start for Akechianya, who, as we know, obviously came on at Millwall in the week and, and nearly won the game. So, I mean, how did those two fare? Well, both on the left side, so it was a new left side partnership. Uh, I think it was ideal for a home game, mm. that partnership, and I think that was Gary Rouse thinking. He said afterwards, didn't he, that the fact Bristol City had lost on the Friday night, he just thought they have to be a bit more positive. At home in this game against Brentford, and, and that's why I went with Anya and Olsen, and it worked out that way actually. Uh, I thought I thought Marcus Olsen played well. Uh, he still has his limitations defensively, which we know about, but I think going forward and his pace, he, he, he kind of scores on Craig Forsyth in that part mm. of the game. I still think Craig Forsyth is a better defender. Uh, so what we might see, we might well see them alternate those two. Uh, between games and, and, and it may well be that, that Olsen plays in home games and Forsyth plays in the away games so that was good uh, the two of them Anya and Olsen they linked well and Anya of course uh, it was between him and Huddleston for my man of the match uh, he was very lively very energetic but, but one thing he, he takes great credit for I thought his fitness levels to get to 90 minutes like he did was very good because he mm. barely played a game, as we know. And he's and he is sort of the way he plays is explosive, isn't high he? Energy. Yeah, 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 high yeah. energy, his pace, and to keep that going, I think he came off right at the end, didn't he? And he got a, yeah. got stunned innovation mm. from uh, from a lot of the home crowd, which was uh, good to see. But yeah, I mean, it, sorry, go on. God, no, you're going to say. I think he, he, no, I was just going to say. I mean, in terms of Anya, I mean, he he has been a completely forgotten man yeah. this season. Yeah. He's obviously played for the under 23s which you have to you know commend him for that and he's always shown yeah. a terrific effort when he, he has done that but now you sort of think right well can he he's obviously forced his way back into the squad can he maintain that and, and nail down a place in well, the left? I mean that'd be very much up to him again I, I, I wouldn't see any reason why he won't start against Norwich at the weekend mm-hmm. uh, Andy Vyman wasn't available uh, uh, he was attending the, the, the birth of uh, him and his wife's second child uh, he'll feel, you know, Andy, you know, will be a bit unlucky to be left out. Although he's, he hasn't quite been as consistent mm. in, in, in recent weeks. So Andy, there's no reason why he shouldn't start, and, and, and that's the key. If you get a chance, grab it. You know, take the opportunity. I think that's what's good about this current squad is that the competition is there, and, and mm. each player knows that if they're in the team, they've got to perform, and they also those who are out the team know that they still got a chance of playing. Uh, if the person in the team doesn't quite do it, so at the moment it looks like Andy's got that shirt, and it, and it's going to be down to him to keep hold of it. Uh, it. It's strange how football can change quickly, isn't it? You know, because at one stage he was probably sixth sixth choice wide attacker. You know, behind Tom Lawrence, Sandy Vyman, uh, Bradley Johnson, uh, Johnny Russell, and even Mason Bennett. Mm-hmm. You know, so and then suddenly the doors open, you're in the team, and it's the business end of the season. That's how quickly football can change. And that, I mean, that's the point that Gary Rout was making in terms of, you know, obviously he was fielding lots of questions about Anya suddenly coming back into the fold. And for, for Gary Rout, he said it's just a simple case of 
um, the players he's got available to him. And uh, you know, Johnny Russell's left the club. Mason Bennett's gone out on loan. Andy Vyman obviously um, what, couldn't make this match. So all of a sudden, you know, he's moved up, mm-hmm. and 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 Gary Rout says, you know, he's confident in any of putting any of the players in in his squad straight away, and we saw that from you know what he got from Anya. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, young fans are saying to questioning Gary Rout at the moment, saying, well, how come this lad Anya? How come you've not used him more? Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, the players Gary Rout has used got him to second in the table so his decisions haven't been that bad yeah. you know so he's actually made the right decisions and, and, and it is that the manager has to decide and, and, and Rowett clearly thought that a combination of Lawrence Russell Byman and, and Bradley Johnson were stronger for what he wanted in the team than, than Annie was and that's what a manager that's what he's paid to do uh, it doesn't always mean if, the t- if a player's not in the team that, 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 he's, that he's rubbish mm. Or, or even worse still, he's fallen out with the manager. I mean, Gary Rout went to, to pains to stress that. He's saying he's never fallen out with any player since he's been here. And this great thing about, oh, he's, he's not in the team, so he must have bust up with the manager. just isn't true. You know, that doesn't happen. Uh, I mean, clearly, you're not going to be happy if you're no. out of the team. But, but there's ways of going about yeah. things, isn't there? I mean, there? I, you know, uh, someone who's a player who's not been mentioned who's very unfortunate is, uh, is Alex Pearce. You know, he, he yeah. lost his place on the bench. He's done absolutely nothing wrong, mm-hmm. and he's he's come in. You know, his performance against Manchester United in the FA Cup was really good. Uh, but but you need you need good professionals, and that's what Alex is. And mm-hmm. and and, and Andy is a good professional, and he's looked after himself really well. Yeah. And 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 you've got to have that togetherness. You've got to have that togetherness because it might just be that in the, in the final two games of the season, Alex Pierce has to come in, mm-hmm. yeah. or like we've seen now, uh, Anya came in. Well, it could be any of them have to come in at certain moments, and that's why you need to squad. You can't just have 11 players. One man who, who you did mention there, one of the attacking players, who, who came in for a little bit of, of stick after Brentford was uh, Tom Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Stephen, you, you yourself said that he's just looking a little bit short of confidence at the minute. I, I think he is. Yeah, only he will be able to answer that. Uh, I spoke to Gary Rout about about Tom Lawrence after the game but the, the facts are Tom's played a lot of football this season he, 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 mm. he arrived as a 23 year old I think he's just just turned 24 in January yeah. uh, big fee on his shoulders which which could be difficult uh, not hugely experienced in first team appearances I mean he had a season on loan at Ipswich so he's, he's come to, to Derby he, he's played most of the games uh, his work rate is terrific by the way you know, that's what Gary Wright likes about him as well. He, he works really hard for the team. He doesn't hide as well, that's what I like about him. Not going well for him, but he won't hide. So that's really good for him. Two goals in 27 games isn't enough. He will know that, and, and, and that he needs to score more goals. Uh, some of his set-piece taking has to improve. I think some of his corners need to improve. Uh, but, you know, he just looks a little bit short of confidence. It, it looks to me like something. he needs something to go right for him. Just something whether mm. it's a goal, whether it's a, but but we also must remember that he was playing well at Barnsley when he got injured, mm-hmm. when he scored, so that was unlucky. He came back in the team, played really well at Ipswich first half when Derby played well. He was Derby's best man in the FA Cup tie mm. at Old Trafford against Manchester United. It's just been the last three or four games where he just seems to have dipped a little bit, and and and, and Gary Rout said that himself. You know, he just felt it's dipped, it's dipped. But he, Gary's got no problem with it. Mm. He's not worried in the slightest. What he says is that Tom Lawrence has got more than enough quality to come through whatever little dip this is. But I just noticed two or three times first half on Saturday, he did one or two things, Tom, that didn't come off, and there's just a few little groans around, you know. And, and that, that's what happens. Yeah. But, but players have to play through this, and he will play through it. And there's an awful lot of games still to go for, for Tom Lawrence to pop up and score some very important goals. It just, it just feels to me like. He knows that there's a lot expected of yeah, him. Yeah. It's almost on his shoulders, and I think I think last season you mentioned last season at Ipswich, he he was by all accounts head and shoulders Ipswich's yes. best player in, in yeah. a team that, that struggled a bit, if we're honest. Um, and perhaps he went there and there wasn't too much expectation, mm. and he was able to show what he could do in in, in that regard. Um, he's come to Derby, you know, um, a team that's pushing for promotion, and he's, as Steve says, in the team every mm. week. Um, and I, you know, I, I, you feel there is a lot more to come from him, but at the same time, you know, I suppose in in some ways it's nice to kind of 
you be to be in a position where you're critical of someone when they're winning games yeah. and, yeah. and uh, yeah, they're yeah. on a you know a eleven match unbeaten run. And also, it's worth pointing out as well that although he may have not had his best afternoon, he actually had a, he actually yeah. was involved in all three goals. Yeah. The first goal came as a result of his corner. Curtis Davis headed it down, saved. Tom Huddleston put it in. The second goal, lovely ball over the top from Huddleston to Lawrence. Tried to kind of uh, tried to take it past the keeper. Yeah. The keeper's parried it, and Cameron Jerome puts it in. And then the third goal it was his pass uh, for Sam Winnell, who got brought down in the box for the mm. penalty. So, as Steve said, he's not he's not hiding. He's still getting on the ball. He's making those runs. I think because we've seen what he can do from some of the goals he scored for Ipswich last season, maybe you kind of maybe you're expecting that a bit more often. He, he will know himself that two goals is yeah. enough. Yeah. 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 So, we, we, he doesn't need us to tell him that or anybody else uh, and, and we've said on the podcast many times you just feel as though there's a screamer somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. from him you know waiting it may be against Norwich on Saturday and, and, and it'll take something like that to suddenly to, you know say here I am you know and and, uh, and when you've got because he has got quality he, he always looks a threat it's just like with all wide players they can't they can't produce or deliver all the time mm-hmm. that's the nature of, of the role they play but uh you know, you just feel there's a bit more to come. Yeah, but it is another game ticked off, another game done, and it keeps Derby ahead of the chasing pack. So yeah, yeah, it, it looks a, it looks a, looks like it's going to be a really good mm. scrap, a really good scrap, and uh, some decent sides in there. You know, Villa are going well, mm. Fulham are going well suddenly. You know, so they did a similar thing last season, didn't they, Fulham? Yeah, they, they did started off slowly. Again, they've got, they've got the ability. We, we've watched Derby play Fulham a number of times, especially down at Craven Cottage, and they play really well. Mm. You know, they've got some good players, and uh, Derby have got to play Wolves, obviously away. Yep. The leaders have got to play Villa away. They've got Cardiff at home and Fulham at home. You know, Cardiff are still in there. Mm. You know, competitive, scrapping away, might not have the quality. That Villa maybe or Derby or possibly Fulham have got, but what they have is a real tight unit, you know. And also, if you look at the table, what's interesting is goals conceded by the top uh, four teams. They're very, very tight, very tight teams. These are to score against, and uh, that's why I'm delighted to see uh, Derby's defensive record because they needed that. I, I said many times in recent seasons, at the end of recent seasons. To finish in the top two, Derby had to shave ten to twelve goals off the number they conceded in the season. And this season, hopefully, and certainly going the right way at the moment, hopefully they'll do that. Mm. Well, it's certainly sure to be entertaining. And speaking of entertaining, should we move on to deadline day? Yeah, I like Do you know what? When when you were just Wait, talking now, I was just thinking in my head. I was thinking, how am I going to put this together? Very good, that's it. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. So, <laughs> yeah, very promising. Apart from this conversation, it's just completely yeah, been sure. the <laughs> So, deadline day. Um, I mean, j- just as a, a, an all-round uh, package, if you like, before we go into the sort of chronological order of things. Um, another one where sort of Derby left it late, and well, not just Derby. Everybody seemed to leave it late. Um, Steve, thoughts? Eleven o'clock deadline. <laughs> You're enticing another rant out <laughs> yeah, of me yeah, here, yeah. aren't you? I can see that. I've, I've kind of learned how to. The get listeners have become used to, yeah, it. to a rant. Uh, transfer windows nonsense, aren't they? I, I would ban them tomorrow. I think. I think. I don't think they're good for the game. Mm. I think they unsettle players. I think they unsettle fans. They frustrate fans. Uh, they can force clubs into making signings. Uh, you know that, that maybe they, they don't have to make. Uh, certainly, the money spent is mm-hmm. ludicrous. You know, uh, the millions that are spent. Not a fan of them at all. I know why they're here. I understand that. If we are to put up with them, then surely the window has to close at five pm, not eleven pm. Absolute nonsense. Mm-hmm. Unnecessary, as well. Finish it at five pm, proper time. Get it done and dusted. Also, uh, I was thinking this when I was writing that half eleven that night if they finish at 5pm if the window closes at 5pm the clubs who've done business and who want to parade their new signings and here he is with the scarf and you've got quotes from the player and quotes from the mm. fans who are delighted and quotes from the manager 
you've got more chance of, after 5pm of getting that out there to the fans than you have at half 11 at night yeah so if I was a club I'd be on to FA whoever body decides this and say it's nonsense half the people are going to bed or in bed when we signed our, our, our big signing well, and the fact that so many now get done actually after the eleven oh, o'clock yeah. deadline. Again, that's not, yeah. Between nine and eleven, you have to submit yeah. forms or something like that. Cause it, well, I think uh, your club, Steve, didn't they? Everton, they announced one at about half one. Exactly. Wasn't it Mangala? Yeah, exactly. So I, I just find it all unnecessary. Mm. Uh, and uh, I mean, I'm not saying. Let's be honest. If if the window shuts at five, we'll still have a mad scramble at one minute. Of course, five. yeah, yeah, of yeah. course, but. Uh, but and, and also, I think the other flaw with the window system is there's this great feeling that if your if your club makes a lot of signings, they've had a great window. Yeah. And if they make no signings, they've had a disappointing window. But that that's nonsense, isn't it? Absolutely nonsense. If, you, if you've got a good team, a really good team that's going well, then you probably only, you might not need any players, or you might need one or two. If your team is signing six, seven, or eight players, then there's something wrong with your team. You know, they're not having a great time. They're not consistent. They're not where the club want the team to be. So uh, I'm not a fan of the window system. Not yeah. at all. No. Well, I mean, just sort of backing up what you're saying there, and I'm sure fans listening to this will, will like this one, but obviously Forrest have been struggling. They made uh, six or seven signs on deadline day, but then they go and lose to Fulham. Well, we, so. we, we'd have been staggered if Derby had made six or seven signs. Because mm. you'd be saying, where are they going to fit in the team that's second in the table? Well, it's a sign that the teams that, yeah, that things aren't course. going quite right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. But unfortunately, it's all ramped up to suggest it's all about splashing money and making mm. signs, and it's absolutely not. It's about looking at your team and deciding where they are at that moment, whether they're in good shape or not, and whether there's one or two areas of the team that needs strengthening. And what Gary Hart's done, he's brought in a couple of players who add something different. That's what he's done. So. Cameron Jones we've spoken about Casey Palmer's come in something a bit different mm. and and also before we go on to, to the business they did at Derby it's important to remember the messages that were being sent out before the window opened and during the window from Derby consistent messages that you know they had to trim their squad mm. and uh, outgoings would kind of dictate incomings to an extent and, and, and that's what's happened mm. Any passionate rant about the uh, window, Chris, or are you sort no, of? No, ju- just <laughs> apart from the, just apart from following on from what Steve said, in that I think you know a quiet a, a quotes quiet window mm. is a sign it, it is a sign of a of a team that's going pretty well, and I think you know Gary Rout declared himself satisfied with with the business that he'd done in the window. I think he, he may have liked to have get have got one or two more in. Possibly, um, but you know what he's got now is what he's got mm. until the until the end of the season, and he's certainly got plenty of, uh, of decent options. Mm. So let's go through the the deals then as they were done, and the first one to go through was Chris Martin, who uh, went on loan to Reading. Obviously, Chris had been linked with a move away, sort of all window, so it, it was no surprise to to see him go, was it? No, it was it was building towards that really. The season, it's not been the season that Chris has wanted. Uh, we all know what happened last season, his loan at Fulham, and, and, and in the January derby, we were desperate to, to prize him back from mm. Fulham, but there was no recall clause. Uh, and Fulham dug their heels in and, and, and kept him. So when Chris returned, we did wonder where he would fit into Gary Rout's plans. Uh, he started the first two league games of the season as, as Gary stuck with a 4 3 3. But the manager, I think, quickly realised that he wanted to change the shape, change from four-two-three-one. Suddenly, Vidra's in his most natural position as number ten behind David Nugent, and and the kind of dynamic of the team changed a little bit. There was a lot more movement in the in the front four, uh, and it suited players like Vidra and Nugent and the likes of. So, and then Chris's. Uh, Options or sorry, opportunities uh, of starting games were, were, were severely restricted. He's too good a player to be sat on the bench, mm-hmm. you know, coming on for 15 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, here and there. Uh, we mustn't forget how good a player he was here, or, or you know, 
because for three seasons he was he was he was excellent. Sixty one was it, Chris? Sixty one goals in three seasons. That that's a terrific record. He was arguably the best striker in the championship at the time. He was certainly Derby's key player. And, and when he got injured one season, two thousand fourteen, fifteen, I think, uh, you know, Derby's promotion bid took a real dent when he was injured. So he's been a very very good player here. I, I hope he goes. And that's a really good end of the season. Because if he does, of course, it, it might mean that uh, Reading are taking points off. Yeah, absolutely. Some of Derby's rivals, you know, he's capable of scoring mm. goals in the championship. Mm. What he needs to be doing, he needs to be playing games on a regular basis. Chris, he needs to get going again. Stopping and starting as he has done all season, at Derby isn't isn't for Chris Martin. It doesn't suit him. It suits some players. Some players can do that. You can start one game, come off the bench the next. But there are certain players who, who can't. I always think Chris is one of them. I always think. Craig Bryson was one in the past. Jeff Hendrick was another one. He just get going into this groove, this confident groove of game after game. Uh, so yeah, too good a player to be sat on the bench. Mm. Uh, but as I say, it, there was no point in him staying here because once Cameron Jerome came in, you know he's suddenly down to fourth choice centre forward and they only play one a game. Mm. So no point. So I, I hope he does. I hope he does really well. I say because he's, he's given Derby fans some terrific. Uh, different moments uh, when he's been playing for them. Another man that sort of fits into that category is the, the second deal that was announced at Johnny Russell completing his move to the MLS. Obviously, we'd known earlier in the week that, that he wanted to go out to America um, and, and that a deal had pretty much been agreed with, with sport in Kansas City, but uh, obviously one of Derby's longest-serving players sort of on the move. Yeah, it was an interesting one. Um we were at a, pre- a press conference. Yeah. Was it before the Millwall, Millwall game? Millwall game yeah, yeah, before the Millwall game. Yeah. Um, and um, I know we've spoken about it. And you, Steve, were going to ask about Johnny Russell's contract because mm-hmm. he was uh, he's one of the players who, who would have been out of contract at the end of this season. We knew that there was a deal on the table been offered to him. It was a case of whether he was going to accept that deal or not. And um, before we got a chance to ask Gary Rout, Gary Rout. Um, he beat us to spiked our guns and revealed that, that Johnny um, had stated his uh, desire to, to go out and play uh, in America um, subsequently yeah, he's joined um, Sporting Kansas City and their, um, their MLS season starts in March mm. uh, so we'll be linking up with them uh, later this month uh, we believe so um, it's a bit, of, yeah, a bit of an end of an era, really, because he, he was, he was uh, one of the club's longest-serving players, and um, had actually been in the team. Was it five played like, his last yeah, five games? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's been playing quite well. Yeah. yeah, some good forms. So, but, but I mean, an interesting career move. So that's what Gary Rout said. Yeah. I don't know what you think. Steve. I, I, well, I was going to say, does, yeah. it, does it seem odd? to move to the MLS at this stage in his career and at this stage where Derby County currently finds themselves. There's two things about it. One, uh, the fact Johnny Russell left in January probably wasn't a surprise, although we probably half expected it at the end of the season, mm. because the longer it went on, this contract issue, it became clear that he wasn't going to sign a new deal at Derby. So then you've got to make decisions then, you know, and, and, and really to let a player like Johnny Russell leave at the end of the season for nothing we spoke about before isn't mm. good business at all uh, so that wasn't a surprise the destination was a surprise absolutely MLS because uh, I think Johnny can do a job in the championship mm. well, as, he's, as he's proved as he's proved I think if Derby were promoted I, I think he's, he would be limited in, in the Premier League at that level uh, but certainly in the championship he could he, he can do a job and he was doing that in the team so the destination is a bit of a surprise fair play to him a uh, big decision he's made uh, I've got absolutely no doubt that it, you know, it would be a wonderful challenge and, and experience for him out there I don't know really the level of sport in Kansas City as far as other than being in the MLS I don't watch a lot of that football on TV Uh but you know, fair play to him. He's, he's made he's made a decision, and, and and you know that's that's down to him. But certainly, where he's gone to the MLS, it what was a surprise to me. Mm. So those two are done deals. We reach eleven o'clock, right? Window done, dusted. Derby County finished. Absolutely not. 
after the 11 o'clock deadline, the the first in deal, uh, or, or do you want to do the, the outgoing first? Actually, we spoke about this before, didn't we? Let's do the outgoing. Mason right. Bennett joins Notts County online. Yes, uh, uh, again, a good move. He, he's, Mason's got to go out and play first team football. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we're not going to learn any more about Mason Bennett playing in the under 23s at Derby. I don't think we're going to learn a lot more about Jamie Hansen playing in the under 23s at Derby. But that's just the nature of, of the under 23 football. Players get to a certain point where you, you've got to find out whether they can do it at first team level, not just once or twice, but on a regular basis. So he's gone to Notts County, doing really well. Uh, so it'd be great to see see how he does. He scored a goal on his debut yeah. as a substitute at the weekend, which is lovely to see. Uh, I know Mason again really well, uh, but I do think it's time you know that he got out there and showed what he can do mm. on a regular basis. Uh, he wasn't going to get much game time at Derby because uh, again he was behind a number of players in in, in that position. Interesting conversation I had with Gary about Mason Bennett. He he feels it's time to see Mason in what he considers will be his role, which is as a striker. And I've always said this, you know, I, I, the young Mason Bennett I saw w- w- was doing that. He was banging in goals for fun. He was then, you know, as as he's kind of developed, kind of been moved into a number of positions, and suddenly in Derby's team because of Chris Martin in the past, and then you got David Nugent and all these guys from Vidro and. Etc. He's kind of been moved into a wide attacking player, which I always felt kind of restricted him, restricted his natural game in that position. Because when you're in that wideish area, you're right, you're not an out and out winger. But really, unless you play like a winger and got that burst, you're always going to come back inside. You know, it's interesting watching Anya on Saturday against Brentford. He was the first one we've seen for a while at Derby. He was actually gone on the outside of mm. the defender. Most naturally come inside. So. Uh, it would be nice to see him play in that front role but I mean I don't know enough about Notts County the, the team but all we know is that they're going really well and John Stead I know, I know John from his time yeah. here Showdown Show yeah, yeah see they're doing really well so is he going to get the opportunity to play in that position that Gary Rout's talking about I, I don't know but when I think just playing first team football uh, is what we want to see from Mason Bennett and I think Gary Rowe himself has said, you know, it's, it's an important mm-hmm. end to the season for, for Mason to show what he can do. Absolutely. So three out then, and then eventually we had one in in uh, Chelsea youngster Casey Palmer. Um, did you sort of know much about Casey Palmer when the, the announcement was made? The only thing I really knew about Casey Palmer is what I'd seen at Huddersfield mm. uh, last season. I remember watching them. Must have been in the first half of the season because I thought this lad looks like he's got ability, very lively. Uh, and then, of course, he had his injuries, didn't he? And so I think mm-hmm. in the second half of the season, he played very little for them, but he, he clearly played a part in, in, in their promotion. So that was, that was good. I was a little surprised by the signing because I think we were being geared towards what you call a wide attacker, a genuine yes. wide yeah. attacker. You know, the, the, the Adam Luckman link. Etc. Etc. And Johnny Russell had gone, so we were kind of edging that way. And Gary had said that actually prior to the, to the window closing that that's the area he was looking at. So slightly surprised by the type of player. Although again, it goes back to the message that Gary Rowe was giving out that they want he wanted something different. And, and in uh, Casey Palmer, he's, he's got a different player to to, to what they've got. Mm. He's got promotion experience with Huddersfield which can surely only be a good thing even though he is such a young player well indeed and, and I mean coming from a club like Chelsea as well you, mm. you, you are around you know a big club and, uh, and big players who've been there and done that and I mean for someone of his age to have to have experienced that you know winning a playoff final at Wembley uh, in a penalty shootout I mean that's fantastic for him. He probably thinks it's easy this football has. Uh, although no, to be fair, he won't after the the injury problems he's had recently. I know that's obviously set him back. But um, um, but Steve made the point about his position. I mean we're told he's, he's a number ten really, mm-hmm. and and I mean it's a good it's a good option to have. I guess if anything happens to Mate Vidra, sure. I think looking at his uh, history, I think he has he has played out wide very occasionally. So again, that's something. Uh, that, that, can, that can give um, Derby another option um, we weren't sure if he was going to be involved against Brentford because he's 
he's um, he, he's been out for much of the season with a with a with a hamstring problem. Um, we wondered whether you know he'd either be on the bench or maybe not even in the squad. Now he was on the bench and he came on for the final few minutes, so it was good to kind of get him out there. But Gary Rao has sort of said, obviously, you sign you sign someone on transfer deadline day because you have to sign them. You can't sign them the next week, um, uh, obviously. So Gary Rao sort of saying he's in no rush mm. to throw him into the starting line sure. because he wants to. Be, we've got to be very careful with building up his fitness. Obviously, his parent club would want that to be the case, and Derby would want that to be the case. So anything he can do to kind of um, help out where he can. Um, I'm sure will be appreciated, and then obviously they'll be hoping that getting into a position in a, in a week or two where he's going to be right up to speed and, yeah. and uh, pushing for a start. Can you? I know you said it was obviously very brief, but can you draw anything from his his cameo? No, I think I think the interesting thing is if he, if he is a number ten that we've been sold, then obviously Matty Vidra is, is, is has been the number ten mm-hmm. this season and, and top scorer, 17 goals in 24 starts. Uh, He's going to be the first choice at the moment. But what's interesting, I had a quick look at, at, at Mate's stats. He's actually only completed four of those 24 game starts. Mm. So he, he rarely finishes a game, and it's usually about 70 minutes. Mm. If you've got someone like Casey Palmer, you know, ready to come on for a blistering 20 minutes, or, or even before that to turn the game, then that's really good. What's going to be interesting is if whether Gary Rowett tries to get Casey Palmer into the team. With Vidra, because Vidra won't move, mm. I don't think, because we, we've tried him on the left, and it's not him at all. So it's more likely that Casey Palmer will come into one of those wider positions, and Matty will stay in the team. Now, what you've got then is, if Matty has to go off after seventy, sixty odd minutes, and you just switch yeah. across and bring it on a wide player. So again, it's about options, isn't it? It's not necessarily about shoehorning all your best mm. players into the team at once. And there's no doubt that, that Gary Rout's policy is to use his bench to maintain the energy levels of the team through 90 or 90 or 95 minutes. That's a big part of him. And he said to me after, he's always giving me little tasks, he said to me after the uh, Benford game, he said, you, you should kind of look at the uh, the kind of substitutions, how, how they work, because that's, you know, I think most times it's been three attacking substitutes. Mm. You know, because he, he doesn't change his back four. You know, he rarely changes central midfield players at the moment, as far as just two of them go. So it's usually that energy he maintains from the bench with, with the options. So if he's got those options on the bench, uh, it's going to be a major plus. But it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see where Palmer comes in. You'd imagine that the first time we'll see him start will be in one of those wider ish. Well, what, what I think Rowett won't say, he, he won't say stay wider. No. He'll have this fluidity, this movement, you know, which. Uh, it's 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 Bradley Johnson playing Bradley in a does narrow, it narrow left. left Tom Lawrence is better when he does it, actually, when he drifts in more. And Tom Lawrence can play in the 10, as we saw at Man United. We saw at Man United, to argue Tom Lawrence's best mm. game for Derby was, was in that number 10 role. So there are a lot of frustrated number 10s, <laughs> you know, in, in the team. But, but what it does give Gary Rowett is, is, is real good option. I think we're, yeah. we're all. We're getting to that stage of the season now where, you know, a really good 20, 15 minute cameo from a substitute that might help them get over the line is that it could be absolutely vital. Absolutely. I'm going to throw uh, a few names at you now uh, of things that didn't happen on deadline day. So, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you see me. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I, just got, I just dropped off again. Right, okay. <laughs> so. Luke Thomas, Jamie Hansen, Johnny Mitchell, Luke Steele, Kamil Grzycki, Adamola Luckman, and James McLean. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember what's the first one again. After well, two, I've like, gone. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to stop well, asking these questions. Do you want to take, take yes. the Derby players first? Derby ones first right. as in what? And we, we'll do your job, Johnny. We'll take the Derby ones first. <laughs> so I'm assuming you you're asking... Give us <laughs> So you what if anything did Luke, was, was going to happen? Well, what if, obviously, you know, there were reports that they could go out on loan, uh, but they're obviously still at Derby County. Yeah. So, so Gary, we asked Gary about this, didn't we? Um, Luke Thomas, the reports um, of a possible loan move to St Johnston up in Scotland. Um, um, Gary Rowett suggested that 
um, Callum Davison, who I, I think he will have played with at Leicester mm. during his playing days. I think his assistant yeah. manager at St Johnson had contacted Gary to ask about Luke, see if they could take Luke Thomas on loan, um, to which um, Gary said no because we don't want to let him. We don't want to mm. let him out on loan, and, and that's pretty much the end of it, really. Um, obviously, the news kind of leaked out elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but I think they keep to keep him around for the moment and I mean I'd imagine at the moment he's not too far off the first team squad is it? No it seems, it seems Gary yeah. said to us isn't he, that he, he, he trains with the first team squad yeah. at times which yeah. I think that's what they want to do they've, they've trimmed numbers a little bit and so I think with Luke Thomas and, and the young boy uh, Jane Vogel yeah. both of those have been trained with the first team and I think Gary sees that as important for him as well as playing for the 23s being able to step into first team training as well and that's why Luke Thomas uh, didn't go out on loan. Uh, Jamie Hansen uh, got a bit of a hernia problem, Gary Wright told us at the moment. Uh, and also he's out of contract in the, in, in the summer, which I think I think they told us he had there was a contract offer to him. I mean, it, it doesn't sound as bad as it is really, because with him being under 23, under 24, you know, Derby would get compensation for him if he left anyway, so it's, that's not a major issue as such. Uh, but again, you know, Jamie's been out on loan before, uh, but, but this time he just Gary just felt because of the injury or little niggling injury he's got and the contract situation, it's probably better that he stayed stayed at Derby. Johnny Mitchell. Oh, yeah, yeah, Johnny Mitchell. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe he didn't remember all the names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, inju- he's injured. He's injured. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's injured. Yeah. He uh, broke a bone in his finger. Uh, during the uh, training break in Dubai, uh, I just remember what Gary had said. That's all. He said, oh, <laughs> didn't he say it wasn't put in? It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. He didn't break finger while he was putting on suntan cream. <laughs> I, I wonder where he's got it trapped in a sunbed. But uh, no, to be fair to Derby, they, they trained really hard out there and put in a number of sessions. And, mm-hmm. and Johnny unfortunately picked up his finger injury, so. He's uh, he's out at the moment, uh, and I don't think they could have let him out anyway. No. Actually, in the end, because they didn't obviously didn't bring. Uh, yeah, well, in. yeah. So on the incomings, then yeah. Luke, Luke Steele. Yeah. Well, that was that was going to happen, wasn't it? I mm. mean, he, he he actually travelled to Derby. Yes. He was going to come in on loan from Sunderland, um, and there was a bit of drama, if you yeah, like, contract dispute. Yeah, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, it sounds like in the end. Um, player was pulled out of the deal mm. um, due to the fact that it wasn't quite the deal mm. he thought he'd agreed to mm. um, quotes from Chris Coleman up in Sutherland and, and Gary Rapp pretty much um, corroborated mm. that um, suggested that was the, was indeed the case um, and it was based around you know whether whether his loan became permanent in the summer if uh, should Derby get promoted I think Derby would just keep to keep it as a kind of straight loan yeah, I can, I, can, I can see Derby's point of view. I can see the players' point sure. of view. Yeah. You know, he, he's thinking if, if if I come here, sit on the bench floor, and you get promoted, what what's in it for me then after that? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, a, a, a long-term contract with you in the Premier League, great. But I can also see Derby's point of view and saying, well, if we get to the Premier League, do we want to commit to a long-term contract? You know, we'll see what else is see out, what else is out yeah. there. So yeah. I, I can see both sides. That's just a little bit unfortunate. You know. That, that happened, but certainly, if Gary Wright couldn't get in the experience cover he was looking for, then he was never really likely to obviously let any keepers out mm. either at that stage. So now you know we're left with the number one still, who's still in great form, two Absolutely. two good saves, second half against Brentford, uh, and they've got Calaroos uh, uh, is back up at the moment, and, and, and uh, Jonathan when he's fit mm. will will I think it become the number two again. So you know I. That's not bad, you know. Champion, you know, that's not a bad three goalkeepers. It's just that little nagging issue that if suddenly, you know, Scott Carson got injured, you're going to have to throw one of those two mm-hmm. keepers who've got little experience of league football at Derby. Uh, you're going to, you might have to throw them into a key game Ten or two. Game, yeah. Now they might come in and do wonderfully well, and 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 the hope is that they would. Yeah. Uh, but it's just that nagging. Thing that managers have to think about. Yeah. They have to th- they have to cover all bases, and the, that's what they try to do. It's not worked out, so we, we carry on as we were. Mm. Camille Grosicki. 
Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I'm saying that about, yeah. Now, there was this one sort of came almost like Casey Palmer quite late in the day, and then there was yeah. all of a sudden a lot of talk about this. Yeah, Gavin Rowett said that, actually, that he didn't name any names, but he did say once the Luckman won, because they thought they had Luckman yeah. from Everton, and then they didn't. But we can talk about that. But once that didn't happen, he said they moved quite quickly for one or two others, and I take it Grisicki was probably them, but he also said at the same time, it's so late in the day that the chances of, yeah. of it happening are slim, but you've got to try. Uh, I, I would imagine, or it seems to be, that Krasicki is one of them. Again, difficult one to, to comment on because I've not really seen Hull this season uh, very much, so, so I've seen play Derby. So I, I, I don't know. You know, uh, I always think if you're going to get a player there's two things one A they've got to be better than what you've got and two they've got to be different which mm-hmm. we talked about earlier with Palmer and, and Cameron Jerome uh, Grisicki uh, is he better than the, the wide players currently in the team Lawrence Vyman Anya now Bradley Johnson I think has got a role to play in that narrow left side is he guaranteed better than that it's so difficult for us to comment because mm-hmm. we don't see him week in week out Adam look. Yeah, uh, yeah, interesting. It's not the first time Derby no. wanted him. Uh, Gary Rowett talked about him actually in the summer, so obviously they're keen on him mm-hmm. before. And from the stories we've had since the deadline, uh, since the window closed, is that they were very, very close to getting him. And, and, and up to about seven, half seven on the night, they thought they they had him. Mm-hmm. They, they, they had a deal agreed with Everton. Gary Rowett has spoken to the player. Everton seemed keen to let him go to Derby, so it was all in place. But but Luckman and his agent, or both, uh, decided that a move to the Bundesliga uh, with Leipzig, Leipzig, yeah, uh, was the move for them. And uh, he scored on his debut for the weekend. So he did. This is a transfer window. You're not going to get everything you want, are you? Mm. And things not everything's going to fall into place. But uh, and and. And that's the problem managers have on transfer windows. You know, one minute Gary Rowett thinking, I tell you what, we've got Lutman in here, which would then excite the fans. Absolutely, you know, because of the, not necessarily because of how consistent a player he is, but he, he's got this, he's got this pace, yeah, yeah, this yeah. excite, the icing kind of energy type thing. So you could see that, uh, but then it falls through, and the managers have to have to kind of react and look elsewhere. Mm. And the last one was James McLean. Uh, yes, uh, again. Derby were interested. Mm. I mean, to be fair to Gary Ray, he's not mentioned James McLean by name, as far as I no. can remember. But clearly they were interested. Mm. I think they asked about James McLean. They probably asked about him on loan. Uh, that was not back, as you would imagine, because he's in and around the first team at West Bromwich Albion. Uh, whether they then went in with an offer, which was, which was reported that they did, so, you know, the report was a six million offer. I don't think they were going to get him for six million quid. Uh, and then we saw speculation and reports around saying that West Brom might have wanted fifteen million quid. Mm-hmm. Well, that's far too much. You know, Derby were never going to spend fifteen million pounds on, on a player. Their record signing is eight. They're not suddenly going to spend fifteen million on a player on transfer deadline day. So it's just one of those things didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I think if they could have got him on loan, it may well have happened. But I always thought that was a bit unlikely. There you go. Nice little roundup there of uh, of, of deadline day. Then, um, Steve, when in your heyday of playing, were you ever involved uh, <laughs> in a transfer deadline day scrap for your signature? Scrap for my signature. Yeah, I there was no offer from the Bundesliga for me <laughs> at, at that time. Uh, we didn't have transfer windows in my day, mate. No. It was kind of end of the season. You know, do you want me to stay? And usually, no, we want you to go. Uh, and then you went and looked for another club. Often depending on where you, where you moved house, often yeah. you know, <laughs> if you went to a club a bit closer. But no, transfer deadlines are, are sorry, windows and that. The transfer deadline used to be the final Thursday in March. Mm. Uh, and the, the windows now have come in and obviously restricted to one month in January and then the summer. Uh, we, spoke to Gar- uh, we spoke to Craig Ramage. He used to play for the Rams, obviously, midfielder, and he's our, our columnist at the Telegraph. We see Rammer every week. And uh, he had a few stories to tell about uh, 
uh, deadline days and that type of thing. But the window has changed so much, you see. That that that's that's what's happened. And I, and I said right at the start, you know, the problem is it, it, it concertinas everything into a very small period. And I think it makes it for a very frantic, frenetic. Uh, you know, it's not good to see. I, I don't enjoy the transfer window at all, and I certainly don't enjoy deadline day. As I said before, I, I, I can't see how that's good for the game. Mm. Uh, just a brief touch on, on Norwich then, quickly, before we sign off, because I think we, we must be touching an hour. Coming up to an hour, yeah. yeah to Is an anyone hour. still listening? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I think it must be. Yeah, Have we gone over yeah. an hour yet? I don't know. But yeah, so just just a brief touch on Norwich then. Um, obviously, it's a chance for potentially both Cameron Jerome and Bradley Johnson uh, to play former clubs. I know Bradley Johnson's been coming back from an injury, so probably unlikely that he would start. But would you go with uh, Cameron Jerome? Well, we said that, didn't we? I don't see absolutely yeah. no reason why not. Uh, I would be surprised if he didn't start. Uh, Bradley Johnson, someone asked me about, would I start Bradley Johnson as well? I think... A lot with Bradley depends on how, how mm. he is. And, you know, you crack the bone in your back. Back in training, He's isn't back he? In training, yeah. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't on the bench. Uh, uh, I wonder whether so, I think to throw straight, straight in, you might ease him back mm. on, on yeah. the bench that type of thing. But I do believe he's got a role to play because I, I like him in that kind of narrow left because I think he can nick a goal. He's proved that before. Uh, Norwich. Did I say with one four of the last five? Somewhere that they certainly won the other day, didn't they? I mean, it's been a big sort of change, a big mm. turnover there, yeah. really, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, they seem to be better away from home as well than they are. Yeah, I think, you know, again, it'll be, it'll be a tough game. Mm. You know, it's not an easy game. The game against them at uh, Carrow Road was. I thought I thought Norwich were a bit unfortunate to lose that game. It's definitely one, they're definitely one of those teams you look at and think, well, they should be doing yeah. better better than they are. I know when he had success earlier in the season, it was built on a very tight, solid defence. Not conceding many yeah. goals. Yeah, um, and we've got a few talented players. They were one of my tips for the top six, actually. Mm. Obviously, they not had the season again that they hoped to have, uh, but. You know, this is the thing about about the games coming up now. They they are capable now of, of getting the result anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as Chris said, they beat Middlesbrough at the weekend, one yeah. 0 kept a clean sheet, which, which is a good a good result for them. So, you know, they might come here and think, well, you know, let's let's build on build on that. Uh, yeah, for Derby, one at Brentford, I think. Yeah. yeah. So they did. Yeah. I mean, for Derby, listen, uh, consistency wise, it's mm-hmm. not a bad team. It's a them and Wolves. Tremendously consistent, you know. Two defeats in twenty-three is is incredible. You know, we keep we keep going back, don't we, to Bristol City in September. It was unthinkable <laughs> that type of run. Then, when we came out of Ashton Gate, was mm. unthinkable. And and to do what they've done is fantastically consistent. Uh, and again, clean sheets as well. Eleven in fourteen games. I think that's great. And I, I kept banging on about this season after season. It's absolutely crucial that you can defend. Yeah. Clean sheets, brilliant. And that's what's, that's a major part of, of what Derby are, are doing mm. at the moment because we keep saying uh, it just don't look like conceding two main goals. And, and again, it sticks out like a sore thumb. You know, they, they haven't conceded more than one goal in a league game since November the at his book over here since November the 4th bit of prep there bit of prep who's that against Reading when they scored the four which is totally out of the blue so not to concede more than one goal in any league game since what is that three months yeah which has just reminded me that we haven't mentioned Richard Keogh signing his new contract because in that game he went off very early yeah, injured. Yeah, he did. They and they lost two, two, yeah, and they they did, lost yeah. four two. Yeah, um, but he's obviously been the talisman, hasn't he, at the back? Yeah, leading yeah, the team. And uh, yeah, been uh, been rewarded with a with a uh, big contract at the end of last week. So. Yeah, he played. He's played a big part in those yeah. in those uh, clean sheets. And again, we're not saying anything. We've not said before. Have we? No, we no, here. no. We, we, absolutely. We, and 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 I backed him at times when he was getting severe stick from, from some from some uh, quarters. 
his form this season has, has been excellent. Terrific. So consistent, you know, twice player of the year. He's going to be in the running again. The way he's shaping up, yeah. uh, and he deserves he deserves a new a new deal. Mm. You know, he uh, Gary Wright said, you know, he's he's been absolutely fantastic for Gary Wright, absolutely fantastic, and uh, yeah, thoroughly deserved. Right, lovely stuff, chaps. Anything that we've missed or you wanted to add? Or are we ready to sign off? I think we've uh, banged on exhausted about, about, <laughs> about yeah. if you're still with us. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear the listeners saying, "No, that's enough, <laughs> surely. That, that's enough, please." For, for 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 one episode. Lovely stuff. Well, Steve, Chris, thanks as ever for your company. Thanks Thank to you. all the listeners as well. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow everything that we do on social media. We're on Twitter at DerbyTelDCFC, Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash DerbyTelDCFC. You can, of course, keep up to date with all the latest Rams news and views on our website. That's www.darbytelegraph.co.uk. We've also got an app on both Apple and Android devices. And you can find the podcast on both Audioboom and iTunes. Just search for It's Black and White. Thanks for following and we'll see you soon.